I'll just uh, look at someone and just smile at them. Welcome into the house of the Lord. Smile at them. Don't look upset. Welcome into the house of the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you, O God. We bless your name. We give you glory. Thank you, O God, for today. We know, O God, that we have come for you. We are here because of you. We are here because you allowed it. We are here because you permitted it. Father, we know, O God, that we are here to look unto Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Touch us where nobody else can touch us. Touch us where it matters most. And at the end of the service, we will go with your presence and we will not be empty-handed. Thank you, O God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. I, I want to welcome you once again to Jesus' house, Toronto. Uh, this is our Father's house, and nobody will keep us away from our Father's house or the presence of the Lord. Amen. And I believe that as we come expectant, our expectation will not be cut off in Jesus' name. Uh, you know, I want us to quickly look at the scripture, uh, Genesis 10, no, Genesis 3.10, Genesis 3 verse 10, and uh, we just use that to prepare ourselves. Genesis 3.10. Uh, this is Adam. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. Whose voice? The voice of the Lord. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You know, that's what happens when we leave the presence of the Lord. And how do we leave the presence of the Lord? Sin causes us to leave the presence of the Lord. Sin causes us to lose our innocence before the Lord. And when Adam said this, God says, who told you to? Because he was meant to be a baby. Babies don't get afraid. Babies are not concerned about whether they are naked or not. Babies are not ashamed. But when we sin, we lose our innocence. And this is what happens. We leave our natural habitat and go and be somewhere else where we are functioning below capacity. I want us to pray together. I want us to rise up. I want us to declare that we will not allow sin to cause us to be afraid. We will not allow sin to cause us to be naked. We will not allow sin to cause us to be ashamed. I want you to purpose in your heart, as Daniel purposed in his heart, that he will not be defiled. God wants us to be in his presence. As our brother said in the first service, we function in his presence. Our purpose is in his presence. Our potential is in his presence. Once we go contrary to his word, then we are outside his presence. And everything brings fear. Everything brings shame. And we are completely exposed. That will not be my portion. That will not be your portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you, God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, the, the devil also knows this. And that is why he does everything. 
to get us out of the presence of the Lord. And uh, once you purpose in your heart that you stand upon his word, you have the truth in you and you walk in the truth, then every plan of his begins to be frustrated. And that's why the scripture says we should submit unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from us. He will come, but if we are submitted unto God, if we are submitted unto his word, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, if we have allowed the Holy Spirit to move mightily in our midst, then we will continue to be victorious in Christ Jesus. I want us to look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 17, or 15 to 17. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. If you are there, say, praise the Lord. If you are not there, say, wait for me. Amen. First John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Amen? Amen. I've titled this, The World and the Things of the World. The world and the things of the world. And uh, this is the word of God. And I'm sure we definitely know that the devil knows what is in the word of God. And the tendency, he has a tendency of quoting the word of God to favor him. The scripture is basically letting us know certain things about the world and the things of the world. And I particularly remember this when it came back to my heart to share on this that this is my very, very, very first message ever. I remember then, Dave, I just, I've become born again. I was an usher. Then now, after a while, I became a head usher, and suddenly my wife one uh, evening, maybe Tuesday, the service was um, Wednesday, my wife came back from work and said, Pastor called me and he said, you are the one going to share tomorrow. I said, I, I, didn't, I didn't come and share. I came to usher. I was troubled. She said, well, that's what he told me. I said, well, since Pastor did not tell me, <laughs> someone else will have to share. <laughs> I could not sleep that night. And uh, the Lord led me to the scripture. And uh, by the special grace of God, I shared. <laughs> Amen? And uh, the Lord decided to encourage me by allowing for people to give their lives. <laughs> but I now realize something that if I had not, those people would still give their lives, but I had lost an opportunity to be used of the Lord. God will push you out of your comfort zone so that you will be able to fulfill kingdom assignment in Jesus' name. And this scripture is just letting us know that 
the enemy knows where your full potential is. And what he has decided to do is to see, as we said in Genesis 3 verse 10, is to see how to get you out of where your potential, where your power is, where your strength is. And how does he do that? He does that via sin. Because when you are afraid, he will rejoice. When you are naked, he will rejoice. When you are ashamed, he will rejoice. And the devil is not original. It's just the same strategy he will continue to use. And that's why this scripture is letting us know that there are certain things that we need to watch out for so that we do not become demobilized or incapacitated or reduced to nothing. This scripture is telling us that we have to be careful. Yes, we are saved, but we must work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Yes, you have a fellowship with God, but you must work out your salvation with fear and trembling because the thief would come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus Christ has said, said in John 10 that I've come to give life and life more abundantly. When do you receive life and life more abundantly? In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, pleasures forevermore. So this scripture is basically reminding us that there are three types of temptation that the enemy continuously uses to, to try to bring you out. And my prayer is that you will not fall. I say you will not fall in the mighty name of Jesus Christ because you are still going to live your best life. You are in it but today will be better than yesterday and tomorrow, your tomorrow will be greater than today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. But it is the word of God that we need to go and seek how to submit unto God. So that when the enemy comes, he will continue to fail. The psalmist says, many a times have they afflicted me from my youth, but they will never prevail against me. The psalmist says, Men, uh, that, 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 that if it were not for God on my side, when, they, when the enemy came, he would have swallowed me up quick. So you and I cannot afford to take God for granted. And what is this scripture saying? There are three temptations that the enemy would want to lead, use to lead us into sin. And these three captures every other sub-temptations. And what is the scripture mentioning here? It says, one, that the enemy will use the lust of the flesh. Two, the enemy will use the lust of the eyes. And three, that the enemy will use the pride of life. Why? Because this is not of the Father. It is in the world. And what is happening is that the enemy has taken, uh, 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 is trying to take control of the world. So this is what he uses to bring us down. But he will not bring us down in Jesus' name. Since these things are not of the Father. And if you have these things, then you cannot be of the Father. It means if you have these things, then you cannot be in his presence. You can pretend to, but you are not. Because God knows everyone's spiritual location. And even though Adam and Eve began to hide, God knew. He asked, where are you? He knew that they had succumbed to sin. 
Let's look at what this really means. One, the loss of the eyes occurs when we see something visually that incites covetousness. We see some things and we want to covet it. If we are not able to convert it, we are jealous. Or we are envious. Or it stirs up certain feelings within us. Either envy or it even stirs up sexual lust. And already we have been polluted. Our minds are already, we are already having our, our spirit contaminated. When you hear other people's testimonies, what do you feel? Do you rejoice with them or do you feel bad? When you see other people's blessing, what do you feel? Are you coveting that this is what I want and you are not rejoicing with them? Or are you envious? Are you jealous? When you see other people, even in terms of uh, the, the sexual nature, are you, are you desiring what is God hasn't given to you as your spouse? Let's look at the second one. The pride of life. And that's why the scripture does not just mention this thing for no reason. It mentions it because we need to abide. We need to walk in line with the word of God. Because that is where God himself will be able to ensure that we are not succumbing. Because God will not force us. God has given us the ability to make choices. And that's what was mentioned in the first service. In the Garden of Eden, that don't do this, you can do this, and you cannot do this, is to let us know that we have the ability to make choices. And when we make choices, when we make choices for God, then we and our seed and our descendants will be blessed. When we do not make choices for God, then we open ourselves to fear, nakedness, and shame. Let's look at uh, what uh, pride of life is all about. The pride of life is the desire of every human being to be his or her own God. God says, don't eat of the tree of good and evil. We say, no, we have to. I don't need God to, depend, to decide for me. I need to decide. And that action of eating of that tree was a sign of independence or rebellion. I want to be able to decide, not God. And that's what is the bane of the world, even right now, because man wants to decide and not leave God. They don't trust God. They don't want to have God take any decision on their behalf, both outside and sometimes even in the body of Christ. And that amounts to the pride of life. Arrogance. Self-promotion. Self-will. Greed, they all amounting to pride, or you are swollen up. You believe that nobody else knows what you should know. You don't even think God should know what you should know. But at the end of the day, the scripture says, Pride comes before a fall. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. The third is the lust of the flesh. And this is also one of the foes that we need to fight. And this is a 
very, it captures so many things. And I believe that the scripture in Galatians 5, 19 to 21 tells us about the things that are captured by the lust of the flesh. Where the Bible tells us in Galatians 5 from 19, it says, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. Fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self-ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and such like. So if you're one of those, whether online or on site, that say, well, the Bible does not say, the Bible lists the whole category that fall under the laws of the flesh and say, and such like, anything that is similar. So don't get into that one of those people that say, well, I didn't see it. Show me in the Bible. Show me in the Bible. Because it is not the letters, it's the spirit and the life of the word. Someone says, show me where they put uh, cigarettes in the Bible. Uh, that you should not smoke cigarettes. It's not the sin. It is such like that come under the loss of the flesh. And it's not as if they are separate. They, uh, if you look at the loss of uh, the works of the flesh, it, it, it bundles everything together because all these things are not of the Father. When you embrace them, then you cannot embrace God. When you love them, then you cannot love God. Because when you look at these things, it just causes you. For example, the lust of the flesh, it speaks of wicked desires. The sense of your physical and emotional needs. Wicked desires that would lead to death. The Bible says there are ways that seem it right, but the end thereof is destruction. When you look at the lust of the eyes, they speak of wicked desires stirred up by the things that we see and the things we are coveting. And the more we see and covet, the more we want to do certain things that ends up in sin. And that's why the Bible is saying we should be cautious because when these things are presented to us, this is the plan of the enemy. And that's why Jesus Christ called Peter and said, Peter, Peter, Satan has asked to sift you like a wheat. But Jesus Christ says, but I have prayed for you. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. The enemy will try, but the enemy will fail. But the only way that the enemy will fail is if you are submitted to the word of God. Galatians 15, 16 to 17 says, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lost against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So you cannot do the things that you wish. You might desire to do that, but as you submit yourself to God, then those things have to give way. And if we look at this, and that's why the scripture is reminding us, because when we look at, go back to uh, Genesis uh, chapter 3, these are the things that brought the fall of man. 
the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And let's quickly go, at that, go to that scripture so that we can begin to wind up because I believe this is just to let someone know that you need to turn back. I don't know what direction you are heading to, but you need to turn back because the end of it will not be pleasant at all. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 verses 4 to 6, the Bible says, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. What is Satan saying? To, or the serpent saying, You don't have to be a child. You can be an adult. You can decide on your own. God is cheating you. God doesn't want you to be on the same platform as he is. And you know what he was repeating? He was repeating what he did because he desired to be, to be lifted up above God and he was cast out of heaven. So he's now telling humans, man, Adam and Eve, that you can't be on the same level because he knows that we would end up falling in sin. And look at it. Uh, the scripture goes further to say, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You don't need God to decide for you. You can decide on your own. You can decide what is good in terms of life. You can decide what is good in terms of sex. You can decide what is good in terms of finances. You can decide what is good. It is your right. It is your choice. And whatever you say is okay. And what was the enemy doing? Presenting the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life. And see what happened to Eve. The Bible says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that is the loss of the flesh. She saw that it was good for food. I can satisfy my desires. I can meet my desire. This thing that God says I should not go after, I can, it can take care of me. And she went on and says, it was pleasant in the sight. It, is, it cannot be a bad thing because it looks good. Forgetting that all that glitters is not gold. The lust of the eyes. You want to satisfy your flesh. You like what you see and you forget that it is not everything you want that you need. Children go into the... Uh, grocery and the, or the candy store. The one is the one is the one that one, one, one. But as parents, you know that if they take all these things, your washroom will be very busy. And you prevent them because you know otherwise. And lastly, what did the woman see? Because the enemy has sown that seed of the loss of the flesh, the temptation, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life. What is the pride of life there? You can see that she took the fruit uh, the Bible says she saw that the tree was good for food. It was pleasant in the sight. And a tree desirable to make one wise. I can be wiser than God if I eat this. Is that not arrogance? Is that not pride? Is that not man heading for a pitfall? Because I don't need the wisdom of God. I desire my own wisdom. I don't need divine wisdom. I desire human wisdom. And from that moment down, the fall was inevitable. But let's look at uh, the, the, by one man, 
sin came. And by one man, we were saved and restored. Let's look at the same attempt with Jesus Christ in Matthew 4. This was used for Adam and Eve. And because they did not stand on the word, because they did not apply the word, and that's why the Bible says in the scripture that it is the woman that was deceived, not the man. Because Adam was there. He knew what God said concerning that. So Adam was not deceived because he knew that God forbid this. You know, in time past, we assumed that Adam went to the office. He was somewhere. But the Bible says, when she woman ate, she, she gave to her husband who was there with her. So, while the woman was talking, he was there, knowing what God did not want. But because he was already captivated by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and pride of life, it's like, just allow her to be deceived and I will partake of the deception. Matthew 4. Because of time, we're not. The Bible says Jesus Christ was led into the wilderness to be tempted of the serpent of the enemy. And the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Lost of the flesh, satisfy yourself. If you are the son of God, satisfy yourself. What did Jesus Christ say? He quoted, I believe he quoted uh, Deuteronomy 8.3. It says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is not about your desires. It is about fulfilling the will of God. As you fulfill your, the will of God, God will take care of your need. There's no choice. There's no decision you can make better than what God will do for you. So don't allow the enemy to say, well, well, if you take this, it will just be for a temporary, just be for a flight moment. And you gain what you think you want to gain and you lose your soul. You lose your soul. Jesus Christ says, no, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Deuteronomy 8, 3. And the Bible says that the enemy now also now said, Look, if you are the son of God, cast yourself down. He will send angels to cast you, cast, uh, grab you, and you will not dash your feet. And he was presenting the pride of life. If you are the son of God, do what you, you should do. And Jesus Christ says, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And I was quoting Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. And lastly, he now said, look, see all this, the lust of the eyes. See, 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 everything. I will give unto you everything. You can covet it and I will give it to you. Because you bow before me. And Jesus Christ says, mm -mm 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 -mm. it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and worship him only. And I believe he was quoting Exodus chapter 34 verse 14. What's the difference between the, the sin and the wilderness? Jesus Christ was depending on the word. 
Adam and Eve did not depend on the word. If you are having a conversation, it is not your opinion. It is the word of God that matters. It is not your experience. It is the word of God. If you have not embraced the word, then how can you declare the word? When he was talking about casting yourself down, Jesus Christ, cast yourself down. The devil was quoting Psalm 91. If you do not know the word, then the devil would present his word or version of the word. And the end result is the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, and the pride of life. The end of that is sin. When sin comes, shame comes, fear comes, nakedness comes. Who is the word? Jesus Christ. If you are yet to embrace Jesus Christ, if you are yet to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are exposed. The Bible says in Genesis that the serpent was more subtle and deception will come. Even when some people speak, you will know they are, they are already deceived. You didn't wake yourself this morning. You are not going to keep yourself till when you It is the Lord. We all belong to God. But we do not all know God. And he has created a way to know him. Not religion. Not your way. But his way. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto God except by me. You know, people begin to ask questions. Uh, but if, uh, are there no other ways? Because you have eaten of the tree or the fruit of the tree of good and evil. You want to decide yourself. The word says this, but you are saying, well, it's not analogy. It's not logic. You just have to come before the presence of the Lord as a baby and you will not be ashamed. You will not be. You will not be naked because God will cover you. That was what was happening in the Garden of Eden. And God has sent Jesus Christ to restore you back to fruitfulness, to multiplication, to replenishment, to subduing and having dominion, to be where you are in his presence, fulfilling his purpose, abiding in his principles, and working with the partner that God has given unto you. I want us to rise up on our feet. We'll round up the service here. When we go out, let your eyes be open so that you can recognize the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life for what it is. At the end of the tunnel is sin. Flee all appearances of evil. As you embrace Jesus, he will go with you. He will be with you. And the Bible says, they that believe in the Lord Jesus will never be ashamed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your children. 
as we are about coming to the end of the month of July. Father, let them not fall. Let them not fail. Let them not be rejected. Let them not delay. Let them not be cast aside. Because as the scale falls off their eyes as a result of your word, let them recognize the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So that they will not be ashamed, they will not be afraid, and they will not be naked. Father, I thank you, O God, because this one represents families. As it is well with them, let it be well with every member of their family. Thank you, O God. I bless your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you mightily.